Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Good evening, Coach Paula. What's up, Dean? Not too much for me, but you've got a lot going on. I do. As we are recording this podcast, you are just hours away from your next marathon. Yeah, but we haven't even talked about last weekend yet. Well, go ahead. You had a race. Oh, I did have a race, didn't I? You sure did. The Tri-Louisville Aquabike. It was quite the experience. Yeah, you're still um, just getting back into running and playing it safe, so you decided not to do the run leg of the triathlon, and it just so happened they had an Aquabike competition for which you podiumed second place overall. That was a nice surprise. I did work really hard on the bike and on the swim, and it was nice that the results turned out as favorable as they did. Yeah, so Tri-Louisville is in Louisville, Kentucky, and it used to be in June. It was in June when I did it a few years back, actually early June, and it was wetsuit legal, but they have moved it to late July, and the water was 85 point something degree so not only not wetsuit legal but wetsuit not allowed yeah the water was quite warm but it didn't bother me the water was a little choppy and i did not feel like the current which is normally a east to west current which is the primary direction of the course i just didn't feel like there was much current at all and so Times were a little bit slower than anticipated, but anytime you get out of the water safely, it's a good swim. Well, I can tell you there was definitely a current because I was up on the pedestrian bridge where you could see swimmers coming at me, going with the current, and then they had to make not quite a U-turn, but a pretty, it wasn't just a 90 degree turn either. It was a turn where they were having to swim upstream a little bit but kind of cross stream to get to the finish line and they were really going downstream so they were going wide right and the people in the canoe kept yelling go left go left go left so i mean that had to have been the current pushing them that's part of the race reconnaissance you need to do in a river swim is understand the flow of the current and then do your spotting and your direction so that you are not swimming any extra try to compensate for the current yeah and so what i learned when i did that race and of course different year different current but on the way out to the first buoy it was slightly upstream and it was kind of a counterclockwise direction so the buoy the turn buoy would have been on my left i had to keep to the right of it And so as I was sighting, I would aim high right. Like I wouldn't aim right at the buoy. I would aim upstream from the buoy a little bit so that I wouldn't 
get downstream from it. And then when you make that turn and you're doing just the opposite, then when I would sight, I would head left of the buoy. And that kept me in pretty good line. And we shared that. We also had another athlete that we coach actually do the Olympic distance triathlon. And we encouraged him to do that as well. But as it turned out, his goggles really fogged up on him. So I don't know if he was really seeing the buoys that well. So we'll have to talk some strategies, which we've we've talked about before as far as goggles fogging up. I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, is that professional swimmers, Olympic swimmers, they put their goggles on well in advance so that the temperature and the space between their goggles and their head is the same. And that helped prevent fogging. And you've talked about other methods as well as far as different sprays that are supposed to work yeah so i've just been more recently just spitting into my goggles and smoothing that out rinsing it out with water and that's helped some but yeah they do make sprays that are supposed to help but you do put your goggles on i put my goggles on early because i want to splash my goggles with water and I want to splash my face with water so that I can get a good seal. I do not want my goggles leaking once I jump in the water. Because there wasn't an opportunity to do a practice swim. And it was a start off of a dock. So no opportunity to get in the water until it was go time. And what was the water about knee deep? Yes. <laughs> Gently get in the water off of the dock and step in mud. Walk away from the dock and start swimming. Which was interesting at the athletes meeting the day before. The guy was saying, yeah, just gently lower yourself in. Take some steps out toward us, blah, blah, blah. And we'll tell you when to go. And your time's not going to start until you're out there and we tell you to go. Which was not true. Yeah, the timing mat was on the dock. And they were calling off each person's number as they crossed the mat and sat down to get into the water which logistically makes a whole lot better sense but that's not what was shared in the meeting yeah i mean when it was shared in the meeting i think everybody was kind of looking at each other like "Mm, i'm not sure how that's gonna work but the whole point was they didn't want anybody trying to dive into this two feet of water to save a few seconds yeah So Bethany and I were spectating, and as always, it's just so amazing to see all the different triathletes and duathletes, and I don't know, it's just, there's such a huge difference in goals and size and shape and speed, but everybody out there is just out there rocking it, and it's just so much fun to watch. This, uh, one lady, she was actually also doing the aqua bike. She came flying in and passed somebody right before the dismount line. And then I think saw the dismount line, but it was too late. And she, I mean, she just crashed. Ouch. Yeah. So she came in too hot and she crashed. And then she got up and she said something to the volunteer i couldn't hear what she said and the volunteer's picking up her bike and she takes off running without her bike (laughs) 
And then the volunteer is saying something back to her. So then she runs back and gets her bike. Anyway, and uh, very motivated athlete. Yeah, it was uh, interesting though. I was telling another athlete from our hometown that was there racing i was telling her the story of seeing this and a few days later she sent me a screenshot this lady who had had the wreck right there at the end had posted someone had captured it on video had posted the video on um, a facebook group and jessica the athlete sent me a screenshot of it and said is this what you saw (laughs) so i went to the facebook group where she had posted and yes it was it so anyway she was just saying yes i'm experienced and i've done this and i know better and anyway she was not hurt at all and just was able to laugh about it so that's good well i haven't seen this myself but i was reading about it that in the pto canadian open that olympic gold medalist former olympic gold medalist Alistair Brownlee missed the dismount line and crossed over it before he got off his bike. So amateurs can make mistakes. Professionals can make a mistake. It happens. Yeah. But I would like to give a shout out to our athlete, uh, one of the athletes on our team, Brent, who did his first Olympic distance. And he was really kind of wavering there at the end, thinking maybe he'd switch to sprint just because... You know, swimming is still new to him, and he hasn't had a ton of opportunity to practice open water swimming. And it can be intimidating, but he um, decided to do the Olympic distance rather than the sprint, and he um, he was a trooper. He uh, did a great job. Very nice job on the swim, bike, and run. Yeah, and by the time he got to the run, it was, it was brutally hot. Like, it was hot just for the spectators we were seeking shade as spectators and there was a lot of non-shade areas on that run course yes so but he did great and he got his first ole under his belt and pretty proud of him for that oh yeah so after that well let me talk about the bike because i think we talked a little bit about the swim already but on the bike since it's an aqua bike there's no run after the bike so why not go all out on the bike so it's bike time trial. It was four laps of uh, around six miles per lap, so close to 25 miles. And on the first lap, I was pushing less power than what I was hoping for, but the effort was what I was hoping for. So I just relaxed and went by effort. And then on the second lap, I felt like I could push a little bit more power for that same effort. And then on the third lap, a little bit more. And then on the fourth lap, I decided it was really time to kick it in gear. And so each lap was a little bit more power and just a little bit faster. And uh, I was real happy with the bike. I haven't been cycling crazy miles this year because my focus is still trying to get ready for a marathon. So lots of physical therapy, lots of strength. And using the bike and the swim... For supplemental exercise but I was pretty pleased with the bike I had some personal goals and by increasing the power on lap four I was able to get to my power goal and my mile per hour goal so. yeah that's good 
and the course being four laps where I was standing I could basically see you two times per lap so it was nice to keep track of it and I was timing when you would get back to me and could tell that you were staying strong and I was thinking I hope when he gets off his bike he can walk (laughs) (laughs) but you didn't seem to have any problem it wasn't too bad I was a little concerned myself because I was working pretty hard that last lap good for you but it was fun glad that I was able to do it thankful to come through that safely and healthy, ready for the next adventure. Yep. Which will probably be the Chicago Marathon. Yep, probably so. I don't think I have anything else on the radar. We had talked about the PTO US Open in September. Have you changed your mind on that? I am uncommitted on that. Like you're not going or you're still considering (laughs) it? I'm keeping my options open. Okay. So... I sent you this text message the other day, mostly because I just didn't want to lose it. I'm I'm changing the subject from the tri-Louisville. Is that okay? Go right ahead. Okay. So, I didn't know if you had anything else you want to say about that. No. Okay. So, Sydney McLaughlin, who already had the world record in the 400-meter hurdles, has recently broken her own world record, and afterward she said... And this is what caught my attention. Praise his name. And then she said, What a beautiful day yesterday was preparing for this meet. The core of my team was centered around faith and belief. The amount of prayer coupled with hard work was divinely culminated in 50.68 seconds. By the grace of God, we accomplished our goal. I just love it when athletes... Keep their focus on Christ and use their success as an opportunity to share faith in Him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. And And she's also the Olympic gold medalist, too. mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Miami Marlins pitcher Daniel Castano, is that how you say his name? I'm not even sure. I'm not sure. Anyway, he was pitching and the ball was line-drived right back at him at 104 miles per hour and it nailed him in the head. And he immediately slumped to the ground and players and managers rushed out to check on him. And fortunately, he was able to walk off the field. So, but he put it all in perspective. He said, beyond thankful, what was shown to me today truly goes beyond the game. What a sobering reminder on the brevity of life. Thankful to have my assurance in Christ. And then he put the scripture, Romans 8, 28. You know what that is? I'd have to look it up. I think it's all things work together for the good. It might be. For those who love the Lord. You'll have to look that up. Okay, I'll look it up, but I'm almost confident that that's what it is. We'll have uh, Bethany fact check us on that. She'll know. Had a couple random news nuggets to talk about. So the Tour de France wrapped up, and it was awesome, let me just say. There were some interesting little tidbits that we haven't talked about yet in the Tour de France. On stage 18, I believe it was 18, it was Tadia Pagacha's last chance to make up time on Jonas Venigo, the last day in the mountains, the last day in the Pyrenees. 
and they were at the top of a mountain together and they were racing down the mountain on a very narrow road and Jonas Venigo, his bike tire slid out from under him but somehow he managed to keep his bike upright but he did lose contact with Tadia Pagacha but he was able to pedal his way back up somehow on this descent not really sure how but he got back up with Tadia Pagacha and then shortly thereafter Pagacha misjudged a turn and went off the side of the road uh, slid on his hip tore his uniform and Jonas Benigo flew on down the road without him. Well, the next thing you know, Yellow Jersey, Jonas Benigo, is sitting up, coasting, looking back, waiting for Pagacha to catch back up to him. And when Pagacha did catch up to him, they spoke to each other, they shook hands, and then they continued racing. That's pretty cool, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want to win on somebody else's tragic moment. Yeah, it's hard to not take advantage of those moments because there are so many crashes in a 21-day race where each day is, on average, 100 miles. But yeah, when it was neck and neck, mano y mano, <laughs> that was pretty cool that they uh, put their good sportsmanship first instead of the uh, desire to win. That's pretty cool. So whatever stigma pro cycling has around drug use and steroids, I don't know if that still occurs or not, but this was classy. Very classy. Something else in the Tour de France. I didn't see this when I was watching the highlights, but I saw an article on Nairo Quintana, who had a really good Tour de France. He uh, has struggled the last few years, but he was in the mix this time. But on one of the climbs, as he was trying to catch up to some riders in front of him, he ended up passing one of the motorcycles, and he reached his hand off to the side and used the motorbike to push off to give him a little oomph to try to catch up to the group in front of him. What do you think about that? It's just not classy. That's what I think. It was a penalty. I'm not sure what the penalty was, but it was reported and it was frowned upon. (laughs) But, you know, in the heat of the moment when you're given it all you've got, it would be really tempting to do something like that. Now, if it was your team car and one of your coaches or managers is handing you a bottle out the window, it's okay to have that sticky bottle and hold on for just a moment and maybe push off a little bit as you're holding the bottle and the other person's releasing it. It's very similar to pushing off the motorbike, but it's just a little more obvious what's going on when you push off the motorbike. Yeah, that sticky bottle thing. I'm not sure how legal that is, (laughs) although it is done. Yeah. I get away with it because it's hard to... It's hard to measure. Okay, how long can the bottle exchange take exactly? Yeah. So silly. And I will say this, back to try Louisville. It was, what, a four-lane road? Yes. And, I mean, people were riding four and five bicycles wide, and 
it was obvious there were a lot of athletes out there who didn't understand that you were just supposed to stay to the right unless you were passing. And yeah, and there was all sorts of drafting. But I don't think any of it was ill-intentioned. I just think it was cluelessness. I think there were some experienced triathletes or do athletes or aquabike elites. Is that a word? Elites. Aquabikers. That were intentionally staying more towards the left because there were quite a few curves in the course at one section. But yeah, there was a lot of people riding down the middle of the road instead of on the right. And when you have cyclists in both directions, it makes it hard to pass on the left. There were a couple of times where I came up behind somebody and said, I'm passing on the left, scoot over to the right. And I might have to say that a couple of times, but they finally got the message. But I was thinking about it after the athlete meeting that occurred the day before when the triathlon official was going over the rules that there was no mention of a penalty tent anywhere. I don't think they had a whole lot of intention on penalizing people, but they probably would if it was blatant, just riding right on somebody's tail. But there were people who were passing on the right. Yeah, they were passing on the right, and then there would be three or four bikes side by side going the same direction, and there would be people passing in the middle. I can't believe I didn't witness some crashes. Yeah, it's mostly about safety. So, yeah, stay to the right unless you're passing. Hmm. Anyway. So there was another news item I wanted to mention. So you've got your streak run going on and you're over 200 days because there's been over 200 days this year but you started in December sometime anyway well over 200 days but I was reading about an app called walk the distance have you heard of that no well the idea behind this app is that you capture your distance that you walk or run in this app just like you would Garmin Connect or Strava or Training Peaks, whatever, but it will plot your distance on a trail such as the Appalachian Trail. And so your goal is to continue exercising to watch your progress as you virtually move along the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail. Hmm. Would that be something that would motivate you? I mean, you don't need a lot of motivation. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that that would necessarily motivate me. But it's a pretty interesting concept. And and if there are other people who are using the app, doing the same trail, you can see their progress as well. And you could turn it into a a virtual long, long distance race. Yeah. I I may be one of the few endurance athlete coaches that does not even have a Strava account. But we recently onboarded... A new athlete who lives in Florida and from the conversation with this athlete I get the impression that maybe Strava has challenges or things that you try to keep up with and this athlete just mentioned the desire to continue to do a half marathon each month and not necessarily sign up for a race but run that distance once a month because of a Strava thing. So, I may have to familiarize myself a little bit more with Strava and find out what that's all about. Yeah, sounds like 
achievements or badges, different things you can earn. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with the Strava segments and King of the Mountain placing, but yeah, I'm not very familiar with the any badges or achievements. Yeah, I do think that's the most fun part. I mean, there's a lot of fun parts about coaching. I mean, there's also a lot of work involved with coaching, but we have athletes who live in our hometown. We have athletes who live in Missouri, Maine, Florida, South Carolina, like just different states. And it's just fun that there's not really geographic boundaries that prevent us from really getting to know and work with athletes. So I'm enjoying that. Yeah, it has been a lot of fun. It's a blessing. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, how about talking about your race that's coming up tomorrow? Okay, so first of all, we live in Kentucky, but we are right now sitting in a hotel room recording this podcast in Washington State in the city of Bellevue, which is just outside of Seattle. And we're here with a couple of athletes and friends Lee and Suzanne, and the three of us are going to race Jack and Jill tomorrow, and you are going to Sherpa or cheer, whatever the case may be, a little of both. Maybe. A little of both. So it's a race that Suzanne and Bethany and I trained for and ran together in two th- July of 2019, and that's where, that's the second time I Boston qualified. But the first time that I qualified by enough to actually get into Boston. So it's a it's my PR course and I'm not going for a PR tomorrow. I've been very conservative in my training this year because I'm running five marathons this year and I want to stay healthy and I wanna throw something out. Yeah. Let's don't add a sixth one. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I really, in the back of my mind, there's one I want to go do in September, but it sounds like you wouldn't be on board with that. But it's a, you probably said that because I was talking about it in the car. It's in Erie, Pennsylvania. And it's a- Let's save it for next year. It's a two loop flat course and it's a double dipper weekend for Boston qualifying. Mm. But I'm not even sure. I mean- I love the Boston Marathon, and I may run it again. And in the back of my mind, when I first started running the Boston Marathon, I've done three in a row now. I was thinking, oh, I'll do that streak and get to 10 in a row, and then you can register early and get in. You still have to have a qualifying time, but you don't have to have the cushion. You can just register early. But as we were talking with Lee and Suzanne, we kind of might start just doing some destination marathons and see how many states we can start marking off each year. So, I don't know. So, so I say that, but here I am out in Washington again running a marathon, even though I've already marked Washington off my list. But I have not run a marathon in Illinois, and I'll be doing Chicago. And I really don't know, can I count the Niagara Marathon as running in New York? I would think so. It started in New York. It started in New York, and it finished in Canada at Niagara Falls. Yeah. So, I that, don't know. But anyway, I'm doing a, a marathon, the New York City Marathon also, as are you. Lord willing. Yeah. So, tomorrow, I'm going to start out 
at a pace that would get me five minutes under a Boston Marathon. But I'm just going to run the mile I'm in and see what the day holds. And I guess what's interesting is, A, I've been a little bit more conservative in my training just because I want to do Chicago and New York. But B, I was uh, watching the news once we got to Seattle last last night. I was watching the news and it said that it has been since before World War Two that Seattle has been above 90 degrees five days in a row and it'll be like the seventh day in a row tomorrow that it's going to be in the mid 90s just the same weather you trained in right but my training you know you say go by effort and not worry about your pace and my pace has definitely been slower in the 94 95 degree weather training at home but anyway i'm not making any excuses and i'm just gonna see what each mile gives me and uh praying that lee and suzanne have a great race and that we can be encouraging to each other if we stay together that would be great the last time i ran a race with lee and suzanne jessica was also running the same race but that was the one that i had to stop at every aid station which we won't go back there but I'm just prayerful and hopeful that that's not the case tomorrow. You got any last-minute words of wisdom, Coach? I think you nailed it on the head. Just go by effort and take what you're given. Just be really careful going through the two-mile tunnel and watch your footing on the trail. Keep a smile on your face and just have fun. Enjoy it. And, you know, as you get well into the second half of the race then you can start thinking about what you have left in the tank and how hard you want to work yeah i mean the main goal is to be able to continue training for chicago because what are we 11 weeks from chicago (laughs) 10 or 11 after this weekend so not going to be much of a recovery i really haven't taken a recovery periodization this year because that is correct Mesa, Boston, now this one, the Jack and Jill. So I'm guessing after New York, my body needs a recovery cycle. I agree. (laughs) Yep. You'll need a light week next week after the marathon. Yeah, I may take a light two weeks. That would be good for you. (laughs) You got to be healthy to get to the starting line. Yep. Anyway, my heart's been a little bit heavy since we've gotten here. The, um city we live in is fairly small and there is a small homeless population but our city also has a lot of shelters um, homes for men and homes for women to go to in the evenings to sleep and then support programs and different things during the day but when you go to a bigger city it's just so overwhelming. You know, you have chain link fences set up and it has a bunch of makeshift tents for the homeless population. And, you know, you just, it just gives me a heavy heart and it just, I just have been prayerful about what is it that we can do to make a difference for people in general, especially people who are hurting. Yeah, it's so easy to get wrapped up in our own little world and lose sight of the needs of others but yeah we should be in prayer on 
what we can do to help others, whether it's here or back home. Well, how about you close us out with Romans 8.28? All right. Well, let me look it up and see. Oh, I was going to tell you, today was streak run number 217. So my marathon will be streak run day number 218. Since you brought that up earlier, I thought I'd look. I started Christmas Day. What do you think about that? Merry Christmas. I don't even know that I knew I was starting at Christmas Day. I'm not sure I know when I actually committed to it. So, Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Amen. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.